It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Hello, my friends. It is a joy to be back with you. Have you had your conversation with Jesus this past week? You know, when you ask him questions, share your struggles, maybe thank him for something. I'm Ron Myers. I'm your host. And this show is about helping you get the hell out of your life. You will hear stories from individuals who got the hell out of their life. And today they boldly share the love, mercy, grace, and forgiveness that comes with a personal relationship with Jesus. Today's story comes from Bradley and what a testimony he has to share with you. He's open, honest, transparent, and very authentic. Listen to the love as he speaks and declares several times in the interview that God has a plan. Bradley, thank you for taking in a few minutes to share your story with my listeners. Well, um, first off, I just want to say thank you, Jesus, for, uh, for allowing me um, to, to come on. First thing I want to say is, uh, so I'm 28 years old, and I got the world all figured out. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, I, I'm from Gulfport, Mississippi, and um, I, uh, I grew up in um, a rough neighborhood called Magnolia Grove. And uh, uh, my, my, my father, he, uh, he committed suicide when I was a baby, and my mother had lupus, and it was real, you know, textbook kind of sad situation. And, uh, and really all we had in my neighborhood was, like, selling drugs and basketball. <laughs> So, um, so I, there really wasn't much guidance there. And, uh, so, so I, I would kind of, I would kind of relate to the guys in my neighborhood, the older guys in my neighborhood and I would get in trouble a lot, but, um, the whole time, the whole time God had a plan, <laughs> he had a plan. And, um, you know, my mother around, around 12 years old, she, um, she, she ended up dying from an aneurysm while she was sleeping. And, um, from that moment on, I, I didn't have any really any no guidance in my life whatsoever and uh God, God had a plan so I ended up hanging around the guys um in my neighborhood I I would relate to them I would find identity in them and I would try to do the things that they were doing which were committing crimes and doing drugs and uh so they would shit me off right my family they would they would send me to live with this aunt way up in New Hampshire and they would send me to live with this aunt in Green Bay Wisconsin and I would always get in trouble and and I always get shipped to live with some cousin or some aunt, right? And uh, so when when all this was happening, you know, I, I felt like my family didn't want me. I felt like there was something wrong with me. And um, and about this time, uh, there was this guy named Brad Holt, and uh, he actually, he you know, he works for Youth for Christ on the coast right now. I, I met him, and and along with several other people in my life that would try to reach out to me during this time and really show me the love of, of Jesus. And um. And which I, I grew up and I knew about Jesus, but I, I really didn't know Jesus. You see, it was kind of like this. Okay, um, I'm a big sports fan, and I really like LeBron James. Well, uh, I could tell you probably every stat and every shot LeBron James ever made. You know everything about him and what he's done, and you know I really like and love LeBron James. But if you call LeBron James right now and say, "Hey, do you know Brad Hancock?" He's going to tell you no. You know because I, I just knew a bunch about him, but I really didn't know him in it. It was it was the same way with me and my relationship with Jesus. You know, I grew up knowing a bunch about Jesus. So, uh, 
well, my family, when they were shipping me around, I felt like they didn't want me. I felt like something was wrong. So I really, really then really, really started to cling to the guys in my neighborhood. And uh, so I, I ended up, I ended up joining a gang at a young age and um, I devoted my life to that gang. And uh, so I ended up just getting really hooked on drugs and I started shooting heroin and, and I would always, uh, always end up in trouble and trouble. That was just the thing, you know. I remember being at a young age, the first time I ever, ever ran from police, and I got away and actually worked getting away. That was it. It like did something in me. I was just, you know, I guess I was just destined to be a criminal. But God had a plan, and uh, so I ended up going to prison, and I couldn't stay out of prison, and I couldn't stop getting high to save my life, and I would always get out for a couple months, and uh, go right back, and I was wondering, I was like, man, maybe. Maybe some people are just normal and maybe some people just have jobs, but I'm just not one of those people. And, uh, and I was just, I kind of settled and accepted in my heart that I was either going to spend the rest of my life in prison or, or I was just going to die a drug addict. And, uh, but God had a plan. And, um, I, I remember the third time I was in prison this last time, um, I went to prison and I, I still couldn't stop getting high. And there's a lot of, a lot, a lot of drugs in the Mississippi Department of Corrections. And, uh, I know that may shock some people, but there's a lot of gangs there too. And the gang that I was affiliated with, they uh they were after me. They wanted me dead. And uh the building I was in, they made it a point to tell me that and walk by my bed every single day and tell me, Look, when we leave here, you're through. And I remember just feeling this ultimate closeness and nearness to death. I just knew any day now that this was it. I tried to run to the police and the police wouldn't help me. They threw me back on the zone, and um, I just knew that it was it was over. And at that point in my life, I, I was still getting high, so uh, in prison. And I remember I was up for like three days, and uh, and I remember feeling this terrible feeling. And and when you're in prison, uh, the group of believers, if you have any Christians on the zone, they they kind of have their own little church. They gather together throughout the day because they really don't have services there, and um. So they, they would shout and announce um, these meetings on the zone, and they would call them prayer calls. So I remember hearing the words prayer call, prayer call on the back of the zone. And um, this was November 12th of 2020. And at that moment, I was at face with my decisions. I was face-to-face with my life and, uh, and my choices. And I, and I remember looking to my left, and my Bible was on my, on my bed, and I knew all the verses. I've been taught the verses my whole life. I knew about Jesus. I had seen Jesus move in other people's lives. And I needed him to do that in mind right then and there. And at that moment, something happened within me. At that moment, what hurt Jesus' heart began to hurt mine. And I got on my knees and I prayed. I said, God, you know, I've seen you do this for other people. I've seen you move people's lives. I've seen you heal people. I've seen you restore things, Father. And Father God, I don't know what the future holds, Father. But I know that you hold the future. And right now, I give my life to you. And I don't know how much time I got left. I don't know what's fixing to happen, happen to me. I don't know if I'm going to die tomorrow. But I'm yours for whatever time I got left. And I started seeking his face. I started seeking his face. And, you know, I began to read all these promises in scripture. And I got to see them come true before my eyes. I remember laying on my bed. And these people would walk by my rack every day and tell me, you know, hey, you, you weren't praying out in that world. <laughs> You hadn't been going to church. I don't know what you're going to start for now. You're scared. I remember these same guys 
But I also remember reading about a God who is a God of deliverance. I remember reading about David where he said, you know, God, these, these floods of ungodly men surround me and they encompass me, but you're my refuge and my stronghold. I remember reading this. Those same guys that wanted to kill me, I got to see one by one give their life to Jesus Christ in front of my eyes in prison, which never happened. It never happened. You know, I remember reading these promises and seeing them come true. And I began to seek his face and I realized that, that not only is there a God who is here for me now, but as I began to look back, I remember seeing and remembering all the times God had reached out for me and how he was there the whole time. While I was in prison about three months, I was three months over and uh, I was seeking his face. And, you know, everybody's got this idea that when you get saved, your life's just supposed to be perfect after that, right? Well, no, God, God's got to do some work in you. And um, so I, I, I'd ruined my marriage. I hadn't seen my daughter in years. And, uh, you know, they, they had zero contact with me. So I remember reaching out on the jail phone. And uh, I said, I said, God, I, you know, I really just want a picture. I really just want you to restore these things in my life. And I remember reading in your word, Lord, where you said that you would restore what the locusts have eaten. So I reached out, third party. And, you know, the answer that I got back was no. It was a no. It was a no, not right now. Please don't contact me. That was the answer I got back, my ex-wife. But I said, God, you know what? Not what the circumstances tell me, not what my own heart is telling me right now, but what you say in your word, that's what I'm going to stand on. Nowadays, I talk to my daughter every single day. In fact, she got to see me for the first time sharing my testimony at the Youth of Christ event. I, I just, there's so many promises that I got to see over and over again come true in my life. And that's still to this day. That's wow. still to this day. That that yeah. That is an amazing story. You had people in jail that wanted to kill you, but you got to see each of those gang members begin a new relationship with Jesus. That had to be an exciting moment. Yes, it was incredible. And, you know, the prison I was in, that never happens. I mean, this is a prison that is known for death. This is a prison that is known for being ran by gangs, and it just never, ever happens. And it was just an undeniable proof that God was doing something. Now, what prison were you in? I was in South Mississippi Correctional Institution, um, which is in uh, that people refer to it as Green County. And um, it's changed a lot since I've been since, since I've been released. But um, we have a they have a new commissioner, which is a man of God, Mr. Beryl Tame. He's he's done a great work in Mississippi prison for, for the Lord and the kingdom. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's known for violence. What are you doing right now? So, um, so right now, um, God just continues to fulfill promises and, and, and let me see days that I never in a million years thought I would see. Um, right now, I live in Jackson, Mississippi. I have been called and I work at Gateway Rescue Mission. We're, uh, we're a homeless shelter that feeds and houses the homeless. And we also offer a, a new life drug and alcohol program. And um, sometimes I get to cook. I'm hired on here as staff to cook. But I'm also what they call a program associate, which is um, we, we volunteer, we teach classes. We do a number of things here. And um, it's been a, an amazing experience. And God's really let, let me see days I never thought I would see through Gateway Rescue Mission. I mean, there was a time in my life where all I knew was a, a heroin spoon and, and, a, and a jail cell. And now, now I have a job. I have a career, not only a career, but a, but a purpose serving God. Um, the, my employer, Gateway, has, has um, put me and paid for me to go to this online university called Two Division University. And, um, and I'm in college. And not only am I in college, but now I have A's in college. 
So, Brad, are you telling us that there is life after drugs or incarceration? I am telling anybody who is listening to the sound of my voice right now, there is a God that loves you. And there is a God that has always loved you. And one thing that I've seen come true in my life, it doesn't matter whether you're wrestling with addiction. It doesn't matter if you're hearing my voice on a radio in parchment prison. It doesn't matter where you're hearing the sound of this voice. This voice is telling you that there is a God that loves you. And circumstances, no matter what they are, do not change God. God changes circumstances. There is an abundant life for you. You are loved. And he will let you see days that you never thought you would see. I remember one of my favorite verses is Ephesians 2.20. And it says, Now unto him who is able to do far more than we could ever ask or think according to the power that worked within us. You will see days that you never thought you would see, and he will heal wounds that you never thought he could. So what would you say to a naysayer out there that says, you know, here goes that God stuff again. What would you tell to the uh, naysayer that believes that? <laughs> well, to be honest, man, I'd probably walk up, lay hands and pray with him. But <laughs> we're in a society now where that's not so easy. So uh, really how I address that issue, man, is, uh, you know, I understand that there's probably this guy listening to me right now that doesn't believe in God. But the fact is, whether you believe in God or not, he believes in you. He believes in you, and he wants to love you. And if you would just give him a chance, if you would just say, God, you know what? Not what I've been doing, and I'm tired of the way I've been going. If you would just give the guy that chance, he will show you that love. You know, I was reading in your story here that said, today you take pictures with police officers. One day they're, one day they're <laughs> putting handcuffs on you. Now you take pictures with them. Yeah, yeah. So I went to the, you, God will give you the coolest moments, man. I mean, this is just one of those things. Like I said, you, you just days I never thought I would see. So there was this uh, chaplain of Harrison County Jail. And um, this guy seen me. He's seen me my worst. I mean, I'm pretty normal around the jail down there. And so I go down there and I didn't know that uh that I was going to even be speaking at the Youth for Christ event. It was a last minute thing. I didn't know the Harrison County Sheriff's Department was providing um the food for the event. I, I didn't know any of these things. And um I was just obedient. And when God said go, I went. So I went down there. And the first thing that I hear when I get out of the parking lot is Hancock. And I look and there is this officer that has known me, the captain has known me my whole life. And he asked me what I was doing there. And I said, man, I've been washing the thing, brother. I'm speaking at this event. And we got to see each other, and he got to see what God has done in my life. And, and it's crazy. The same ones that used to drag me out of my cell and when I was giving them problems are the same ones that I'm taking pictures with. And what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. Wow. That, so, yeah. So the reason that I do this show, Get the Hell Out of Your Life, is to validate to the world that God is a God of restoration, redemption, mercy, forgiveness, and a whole new life. And I see that also you got some tattoos removed. Why did you get some tattoos removed? When I was when I was uh, living that life, man, I ended up getting my whole face covered in tattoos and gang tattoos and stuff that symbolized that life. And um, I have them all over me, but um, I would always pray, you know, I was the guy that would walk through Walmart parking lot and, and five people would hit the lock button on their car. Because <laughs> 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 uh, So, you know, and, and everybody, everybody was like, man, that's your testimony. Don't do it. But I remember praying, I'm like, God, you know, I, I'm thankful for the scars you've given me because if I didn't have them, I wouldn't know you. But I want these tattoos gone. I want to look what you said I am. And you said that I'm new. You said that all things have passed away. And I want to look that way. And I remember reaching out to these uh these organizations and, and these doctors. And it was really expensive for laser removal. I kept praying, 
In fact, I remember looking at my Facebook the other day where I posted the status. I said, God, I pray that you will one day open the door for me to get these tattoos off of my face. Now I'm sitting here with you and I got a clear face, man. God has opened that door wow. and he's provided a very affordable way for me to do that. And it's just one of the many, many blessings that God has given me. The title of the show is Get the Hell Out of Your Life. So, Brad, how do you get the hell out of your life? The only way that I've gotten the hell out of my life is to bring the kingdom into it. And there's only one person that can do that. If you're out there struggling right now and you're wondering how you're going to get rid of all this stuff in your life, you need to fall in love with the person who can. Because by your own strength, you can't do it. By your own strength, you're going to keep going back and using the things that you were using, looking at the things that you were looking at, or doing the things that you were doing. But the more that you fall in love with Jesus, the more you will fall out of love with those things. And that's the only option. And that's the only way I was able to, man. Before I let you go, I like my guest to pray for the listeners out there. Okay. All right. So Father God, I just thank you. I thank you for your salvation. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your restoration. Right now, I pray for anybody under the sound of this voice, anybody listening that feels broken, that feels rejected, that feels like there's no hope, that feels like they're different, that feels like they're incarcerated and they may not see the light of day, whether behind a wall or in their heart. I pray right now, Father, that you will liberate them, that you will show them a new love in a mighty way, Father, the love that only you offer that can change their life. I pray something will happen in their life, Father. I pray something that will happen that will break those chains, break those addictions, break those habits, restore those relationships in their life, Father, and that you will open a door for them like they've never seen before. Father God, I pray that you would draw draw that heart of the person listening here. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Listeners, right after the break, my final thought, the comeback kid. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. Does God speak to us today? If so, what does he sound like? Thundering roars, crashing waves, a booming megaphone. Maybe sometimes, but maybe it's not quite as Hollywood dramatic as all that. Maybe it's a little more simple. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. In the midst of all the noise and questions, God is speaking and we can hear his voice. We just need to learn to recognize it. So what does he sound like? He sounds like love, like reconciliation, like kindness, wisdom, hope, truth. Do you know those sounds? Then maybe you hear his voice more often than you think. Maybe you're being led by him more than you realize. Maybe God is speaking to you and you actually are listening. You just didn't know it. We would like to express our gratitude to Coffee News for their support of this program. Are you tired of scrolling through the same old news feeds every morning? Then switch things up with Coffee News. Our publication is filled with interesting stories, brain teasers, and uplifting quotes that are sure to brighten your day. And now you can access Coffee News anytime, anywhere by visiting our website. So whether you're sipping your morning coffee at your favorite cafe or browsing online from your desk, we've got you covered. Start your day off right with Coffee News at readcoffeenewsonline.com.
the comeback kid. That's my final thought today. Did you watch any of the Masters or hear about the Masters golf tournament? When you hear golf, most people will think of Tiger Woods. I was watching for Tiger to make a comeback this week. Well, he did not make a comeback, but everywhere he went, people just cheered and applauded him. They were wanting a comeback. I was wanting a comeback. Have you ever been riding the wave of destiny and everything seems to be going good and then out of nowhere, something suddenly hits and sets you back? Maybe a doctor's visit, loss of a loved one, or a job loss. That's what happened to me years ago. My motivation had taken a back seat. I had lost a job that I really loved and I sat on my pity pot for a long time. I didn't care about doing anything. I wanted to sit around and I felt sorry for myself. But then one day, friends, I realized that this was a defining moment in my life. Would I go forward or would I sit there on my pity pot? So with all my energy, I stood up. I looked up and declared that this would pass and that I needed to wake up and smell the Holy Spirit and discover my destiny. So that day I accepted that God will often place us in the right place at the right time, even though we may feel it's the wrong place and the wrong time. So what was the life lesson that I learned with that? And how do I tie that into Tiger Woods and the comeback kid? Perhaps we are drawn to comeback stories like Tiger's because we see ourselves in these people and we cheer for them. And simultaneously, we are cheering for ourselves, reminding ourselves to have that faith, to trust the process, and above all, don't quit. Express gratitude to Jesus in our daily conversations. Friends, we should be grateful for his hand guiding us because he will lead us to where he needs us to be. And sometimes we don't like the changes in our life, but we have to have faith and we have to have trust. Now, Tiger did not win this year's master, but he was an inspiration to watch. I was so happy to see him with his son at the masters. And my final thought for you this week is this that in life, we win some, we lose some, but with perseverance and unwavering faith, God will lead us to our master, our teacher, our mentor, our savior, and that is Jesus Christ. What a life with Jesus. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. If you need something more out of life than what you've already experienced. If you need a new start. A clean slate. If you want to live life forever. You need God in your life. If getting old has you depressed. Growing up sometimes scares the daylights out of you. If you want to know what the future holds, get in touch with the one who holds the future. Stop wasting time and get a hold of God. It's not about earning points by being good. It ain't about some boring church. It's not about working your way to heaven. Finding God is not about following some group who claims to be the only way to God. It's not about being religious. It's not about religion. It's all about God's only Son. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's about Jesus Christ. And it's all about 
about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Well, someday when I stand before God and he asks me, why should I let you into heaven? All that's going to matter is if I knew Jesus or not. And that's what it's all about. Ron will be back in a minute to close out today's show. We want to remind you today of the last words of Jesus. It is finished. What is finished? The finished work of Jesus refers to the complete and final accomplishment of salvation through His death and resurrection. It means that Jesus has done everything necessary for our forgiveness, redemption, and reconciliation with God. Through His sacrifice on the cross, Jesus paid the price for our sins once and for all, providing total forgiveness and cleansing. This finished work of Jesus means that we no longer need to strive or work to earn God's favor or forgiveness. We can rest in the assurance that our salvation is secure and that we are fully accepted by God because of what Jesus has done for us. Now, back to Ron. Well, friends, my time is up, and I did want to tell you the rest of the story I told you in the final thought segment that the worst day of my life is when I lost a job. But you know, one year later, that worst day turned into the best day of my life. When I was thinking of what to do after I was terminated, I said, Jesus, what do we do now? And that's when I was inspired with the idea of a radio show of a podcast called Get the Hell Out of Your Life. So, friends, today I've been sharing stories all over the world for over five years, and they literally are going across the world. So sometimes those dead ends we hit, those things that, well, just don't seem like they're going in the right way, trust the process, trust Jesus, and remember, we are all comeback kids. We will come back. It may not be exactly how we remember it, but it will be something that will be awesome. We will love it. We will find peace. We will find purpose and we will find a passion. Hey, listen, get the hell out of your life is a podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms. So please help me promote get the hell out of your life. I'll be back next week with another great episode. In the meantime, remember this, that I love you, God loves you, and when you give Jesus your heart, you not only get the hell out of your life, but life gets good. Get the Hell Out of Your Life is underwritten by the Christmas City Gift Show. We invite you to come shop with over 255 vendors from all over the United States from November 8th through the 10th inside the Coast Convention Center located on the beach in Biloxi, Mississippi. You can find more information at ChristmasCityGiftShow.com. Thanks for listening. And if you would like to share your story of what God has done in your life or listen to previous episodes, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. Join us next week for another episode of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope.